that's going to take you, the people, to institute what you want, to educate the people in the community, to educate the people everywhere on what we want, what we design, what we need, to educate the people to the need for change. So we have this article by the New York Times titled, A Coal Miner's Union Indicates It Will Accept a Switch to Renewable Energy in Exchange for Jobs. The country's largest mine workers union stated they would accept a transition away from fossil fuels in exchange for new jobs in renewable energy. Cecil Roberts, president of the United Mine Workers of America, presented a plan with Senator Joe Manchin calling for the creation of new jobs in Appalachia through tax credits that would subsidize the making of solar panel and wind turbine components and by funding the reclamation of abandoned mines that pose a risk to public health. The mine workers are also calling for spending on research on carbon capture and storage technology, which would allow coal-fired plants to store carbon dioxide underground rather than release it into the atmosphere and for policies that allow coal plants to remain open if they commit to installing this technology. Many of these proposals appear in President Biden's $2.3 trillion jobs and infrastructure plan, including funding for research into carbon capture, which critics deride as prohibitively expensive um, and also for money for reclaiming mines the union also said they would resist any climate legislation that did not help endure a livelihood for workers now that we are done reading the short article yes it is short let's take a look at the plan mentioned by joe manchin and the united mine workers of america titled preserving coal country the plan's introduction includes the fact 40,000 jobs in the coal industry had been lost within a five-year period from 2011 to 2016, very recently. Also included within the introduction is the fact that retirees' health care and pensions were being threatened and many agreements made through collective bargaining were being thrown out, all as the coal companies were going bankrupt due to the combining result of both the depleting availability of coal as a resource and the societal shift to alternative sources of energy. As we continue to read through the plan, they continue talking about record le levels of unemployment, especially during the coronavirus pandemic, and how Washington is attempting to push legislation to reduce coal utili utilization without taking simultaneous action to enable workers, families, and communities to make a true transition to a brighter future. Now, let's look at the three goals the union would like to see included in a transition to renewable energy. Goal number one. Preserving mine workers of America's jobs by, number one, significantly, significantly enhancing carbon capture and storage, CCS, R&D funding with a goal of commercial demonstration of utility-scale coal-fired CC by 2030. I don't know what any of those acronyms mean, but they clearly have it well thought out. Number two, uh, provide five-year waivers from zero-carbon mandates for coal-fired utility units that commit to installing carbon capture and storage. Number three, build out carbon capture and storage infrastructure pipelines, uh, which include pipelines, injection wells, etc., as provided in the SCALE Act. And number four, expand utility processes for alternative products from coal. Now let's look at their second goal, creating new jobs. Well, creating new jobs by number one, significantly significantly expanding uh, 48C tax incentives for uh, build out of renewable energy supply chain manufacturing in coal field areas, provide hiring preference for dislocated miners and families. 
Uh, number two, enhanced DOE loan program to build out processing extraction of critical minerals from coal waste construct, construct facilities on former coal mine property require prevailing wages for infrastructure construction and union scale pay for long-term processing jobs. Three, uh, provide incentives for development of in-ground combustion of deep coal seams and reinjection of CO2 while producing hydrogen and other green materials. Four, fully fund all anticipated abandoned mine lands. Reclamation needs require states to aggregate contracts for AML reclamation and provide, uh, sorry, and require prevailing wages so that union contractors can successfully compete for those contracts. And also, number five, bypassing the PRO Act. Their third goal uh, is to preserve United Mine Workers of, of America, uh, their families and communities. By one, keep dislocated miners and families whole, uh, by which they want to achieve by wage replacement or differential if employed, family health care coverage, pension credit, 401k contribution, tuition for further education for minor family, for bachelor's degree, associate degree, or technical uh, career certification. Uh, two, national training program for dislocated minors and spouses geared to preparing workers to meet jobs associated with uh, 2A above or the by 2a they mean uh i don't know 2a above or other industrial jobs to be provided by career training uh center with centers with proven track records of su successfully training minors uh three direct grants to coalfield counties communities school districts to replace lost tax revenues for 20-year periods uh targeted infrastructure rehabilitation and development funding number four to co-fill communities, roads, bridges, broadband, schools, uh, and healthcare facilities. And number five, secure adequate resources to create a true transition for workers and communities in the coal fields. This cannot be the sort of just transition, wishful thinking, so common in the environmental community. There must be a set of specific concrete actions that are fully funded in long term. The Easiest and most efficient way to fund this would be through a wires charge on retail electric power scales paid by utility customers, which would add about two tenths of one cent per kilowatt hours to the average electric bill. This would amount to less than three dollars per month for the average residential rate payer. Honestly, they have some very good ideas on smoothing over a transition to renewable energy. Um, I want to focus on some parts of this, specifically what is relevant to the arguments that jobs won't be displaced in regards to a transition to renewable energy. They specifically say they want a preference for dislocated miners and families. But for the sake of argument, hypothetically, in a general setting, I personally think any person who previously had or currently has a job in the fossil fuel industry should be prioritized in job training for one of the several processes uh, involved in the ecological rucksack of the products of renewable energy. Ecolo ecological rucksack is just a term to describe every moving function within the lifespan of a product. And if you look at the this lifespan, 
you will notice it is a system. Every every lifespan is a system, which includes transportation, manufacturing, gathering of resources, distribution, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, of the many, many, many different sectors, there are hundreds of thousands of jobs that can be created and filled by working class people in the fossil fuel in, uh, industry. I have an article here by the World Resources Institute titled "Steps to Aid." fossil fuel workers in the clean energy transition to provide us with some more resources to prove moving towards investing in renewable energy can create jobs for millions of people. One area where the U.S. government can create jobs and 13,000 jobs at that is by rehabilitating abandoned coal mines. The reason rehabilitating abandoned coal mines can be an important component of a just transition to a post-coal future is because it can transform land, which has been absolutely ravaged and destroyed by fossil fuel mining operations into a natural or economically usable state. Additionally, rehabilitating abandoned coal mines can improve the day-to-day -day safety of those living near abandoned mines and create new spaces that provide commercial and recreational value, all while again providing an estimated 13,000 jobs. Here are some excerpts from the Reclaim Act of 2019, which the World Resources Institute recommends be passed. Quote, abandoned line, abandoned line mine lands liabilities threaten the health and safety of nearby communities and hamper opportunities for further development states and local communities lack the necessary funds to reclaim these lands with their own resources uh title four of the surface mining control and reclamation act of 1977 established a funding mechanism known as the aml fund which is supported by a fee on every ton of coal produced under the AML program, coal producers pay fees to the Department of the Interior based on their annual production. Those fees are deposited into the AML fund, which is the source of grants to states and tribes to perform reclamation activities. The department is authorized to spend without further appropriation. 80% of the fees collected each year for those grants, plus whatever amounts are necessary to ensure that all eligible states receive at least $3 million in annual payments. Passage of the Reclaim Act would help, quote, states and tribes address the backlog of over 20,000 high-priority sites on the AML and, quote, has the potential to accelerate the reclamation of AML sites. If the Reclaim Act were to be reintroduced and passed in 2021, then we could literally give jobs to working class families faster. Now, everyone knows there already exists a fund to pay for abandoned coal mine reclamation state programs, which would in turn clean up the environment, create jobs for displaced coal mine workers, make the land economically productive once again, and stop the continued spread of environmental damage caused by poor coal waste management. The World Resources Institute article goes on to make the argument, quote, the federal government should consider expanding support through existing economic development programs to help ensure the economic development and job creation. One example provided is the Appalachian Regional Commission's Power Initiative, which is an acronym which stands for Partnerships for Opportunity in Workforce and Economic Revitalization, which targets federal resources to help communities and regions that have been affected by job losses in coal mining, coal power, 
plant operations and coal-related supply chain industries due to the chaining economics, sorry, economies of America's energy production. Since 2015, the Appalachian Regional Commission has invested over $238 million in 293 projects, touching 353 counties across Appalachia through the Power Initiative. Quote, these investments are projected to create or retain more than 26,000 jobs, leverage more than $1.1 billion in additional private investment into Appalachia's economy, and prepare tens of thousands of workers and students for opportunities in entrepreneurship, broadband development, tourism, and other industry sectors. Another example provided by an already existing economic development program is the assistance to coal communities provided by the Economic Development Administration. This program was created in 2017, and the Department's Economic Development Administration, EDA, awarded, quote, $30 million to support 35 projects in 16 states, the funding of which, quote, will assist locally driven efforts to communities and regions severely impacted by the declining use of coal through activities and program programs that support economic diversification, job creation, capital investment, workforce development, and reemployment opportunities. This pro this program quote provides grants to support distressed communities and quote between 2015 and 2019 funds appropriated to that program grew by 300%. Now, I have a document by the Sierra Club. <laughs> Apparently, these there's a, some online leftists, real quick, uh, tangent. Some, there's some online leftists who think the Sierra Club is, like, corrupt or something, even though they're, they're pretty much, like, the biggest environmental advocacy group in the entire country. I'm looking at Fiorella from the convo couch. Looking at her. So... <laughs> I have a document by the Sierra Club titled Millions of Good Jobs, a Plan for Economic Renewal. Cited is a document put out by the Political Economy Research Institute titled Job Creation Estimates Through Proposed Economic Stimulus Measures. Among their solutions is a stimulus bill which could provide family-sustaining jobs for over 9 million people every year for the next 10 years while building an economy that fosters cleaner air and water, higher wages, healthier communities, greater equity, and a more stable climate. This includes supporting over 1 million manufacturing jobs per year. Of the 9 million jobs per year mentioned, here was the breakdown. 4.6 million jobs per year to upgrade our infrastructure for clean water, clean transportation, and clean energy. 3.2 million jobs per year to expand renewable energy. Over 700,000 jobs per year to increase energy efficiency. Over 500,000 jobs per year to restore our lands and invest in regenerative agriculture. Now, to put the United States, quote, on a path to climate sanity by enabling a 45% reduction in our climate pollution by 2030 in line with targets set by climate scientists while putting people back to work, they found the economic measures which should be taken are the following. Uh, one, stimulus investments could help many of the 600,000 unemployed clean energy workers get their jobs back, while over 190,000 unemployed oil and gas workers could be employed each year to close orphaned oil and gas wells. Two, a program to exchange gas guzzlers for affordable, clean electric vehicles. 
uh, would yield over 635,000 jobs per year, uh, nearly the entire population of Detroit, including over 77,000 uh, good manufacturing jobs to produce the vehicles and components. Three, nearly 400,000 workers could be employed annually to upgrade every public housing unit, school, hospital, and municipal building in the nation to support healthier living conditions, lower energy bills, and reduce pollution. Four, <laughs> over 350,000 workers could be employed each year to replace lead pipes and secure clean drinking water. Over 225,000 people could be employed each year to protect our wetlands and forests and shield communities from toxic pollution by restoring depleted ecosystems and polluted Superfund, Brownfield, and coal mine sites. They also found that to employ over 9 million people every year for five years, the stimulus plan would cost less than $2.9 trillion, which is less than half the amount that the U.S. government committed in coronavirus spending in uh, just March and April alone. With all of this information, if you ever argue renewable energy or climate change, you can easily just say the biggest coal mining union in the country supports re renewable energy and that up to 9 million jobs per year can be created if the government invests an amount of money, which is less than half of the COVID stimulus payments, uh, stimulus bills. So uh, I now want to Talk about Joe Manchin and how his support for a transition to renewable energy is a stepping stone to getting him on board with the broader scope of climate change reform, um, like the Green New Deal specifically, because he's already growing in his support for that. So anyways, if we could convince him, we can convince the rest of the voting base who are liberals or right-leaning Democrats into supporting the broader scope of climate change reforms, which is required to save the planet from its impending doom. We are going to look at this article by Inside Climate News titled The Senate's New Point Man on Climate Has Been the Democrats' Most Fossil Fuel Friendly Senator. Hmm. Joe Manchin's position on climate change seems as if he no longer supports blowing up mountains to mine for coal and accepts mainstream climate science. Amazing. Additionally, the article points out Joe Manchin likes to make deals, has friends who care about the climate in both parties, and says he wants to bring Democrats and Republicans together around a cleaner energy future. This is very, very important because Republicans and liberals both love working class families. And if Joe Manchin can find success in his efforts to get the most vocal working class families, then he will have a much greater chance of normalizing broader climate change reforms and, you know, stop giving into that whole... <laughs> Uh, right-wing talking points that the Green New Deal is a communist manifesto. So considering there will be 50 senators in the Democratic Party caucus and uh, 50 Republican senators, with incoming Vice President Kamala Harris breaking the tie votes, the most liberal Democrats in Congress will likely need to appease Joe Manchin if they want to get anything done, including climate legislation. Manchin also helped negotiate major energy and pandemic relief legislation in December, uh, with a number of clean energy provisions, and when he was governor, he was behind state legislation, which was later repealed, designed to encourage renewable energy and fossil fuels with reduced carbon emissions. Manchin also collaborated with Senator Murkowski, and who is a, a right-winger, uh, and they penned an op-ed in the Washington Post asserting that there was no question that... <laughs> 
climate change is real or that human activities are driving much of it and that they were looking for a middle ground and confronting it. The last point I want to highlight from the article is the fact the author acknowledges any climate action Joe Manchin supports will need to be something he can sell to his constituents. What everyone who supports addressing the climate change problem needs to make sure they do whenever they see themselves in a situation where they're discussing climate change um, with someone who is opposed to addressing the problem is make sure to always cling onto the arguments surrounding working class people because it is an indisputable fact that we as a nation have the ability to invest in renewable energy. Uh, not in the name of fighting climate change, but in the name of bringing back jobs to people who have become victims of job displacement due to the exhaustion of fossil fuel resources on God's green earth. <laughs> there are a countless number of people who lean conservative, but who are not insanely delusional Trump-supporting fascists. Liberals and conservatives can both be convinced to support renewable energy by using rhetoric describing and defending working class families by literally getting members of the voting population to support renewable energy. That is a stepping stone towards subconsciously getting these members of the voting population to be in favor of climate change in the long run. Additionally, if we had these blue dog Democrats like Joe Manchin, who are basically conservative Democrats on board with renewable energy, we can then subtly push Manchin and those voters aligned with Manchin ideologically down the rabbit hole in which they will eventually end up supporting addressing the problems caused by man-made, man-accelerated climate change. Now, the end goal of this strategy is again to build support via public opinion and the best way to do that is again by appealing to people's sympathies towards the working class population of america this also will get uh, people to support the green new deal and make it easier for this to pass because people will then uh, see addressing man-made man-accelerated climate change as an issue directly afflicting the working class we absolutely need as much of the voting population as possible to be persuaded into voting in favor of progressive bills and politicians who support addressing man-made man-accelerated climate change because the planet is doomed if we don't do anything and i'd like to uh you know not burn alive alongside the planet Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed that video. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, leave a like, leave a comment. Head on over to our Patreon account, support the channel. See you later.